welcome to the Girls Who Run the World podcast, where we're bringing you inspiring guests who are leaders in their industries. We'll be tackling topics from education and empowerment to diversity and inclusion. Together, let's learn from these incredible women. This podcast is brought to you by Our Gorongoza. We create specialty coffee with 100% of profits supporting people, wildlife, and the planet in Gorongoza National Park, Mozambique. Girls' education is one of our biggest priorities because we know girls have the power to change the world. Just like Beyonce said, who runs the world? Girls! Hello and welcome back to the Girls Who Run the World podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. We so appreciate you being here. And if you've loved this episode or loved the previous one, please, please share with friends so we can share our message and get more women learning and inspired and just knowing that girls run the world. So let's get to today's episode. Today we have Anjali Gupta. And Anjali is a student at Duke University pursuing a self-design major titled The Interplay Between Health and Educational Outcomes. Super cool that she designed her own degree, in my opinion. Anjali is also the founder of a nonprofit organization called School for a Village, which aims to bridge the gap in science and technology education for underserved secondary schools in India and Kenya through need-specific targeted support. So their approach is deeply collaborative and seeks to amplify existing solutions and organizations that are targeting education in unique ways. So she is just an absolute powerhouse, and I think you're going to get a lot of value from this conversation. And this is a conversation that we had used on an Instagram and Facebook Live earlier this year. So I hope you enjoy it. Let's get to episode two, featuring Anjali Gupta. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Girls Run the World Week. This is our very last episode, and I'm so grateful to be joined by Anjali. Welcome, Anjali. Thank you so much. So Anjali is the founder and CEO of School for a Village, which is a nonprofit dedicated to bridging the gap in science and technology education. So she's up to some amazing things. Like I said, we're so, so grateful to have you here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. My pleasure. So let's get right into it. What's your favorite Argorangosa coffee blend? So I'll be honest with you, I don't actually really drink coffee, but I do really love the fact that the medium roast um, goes towards supporting girls' education in Mozambique. So I would happily buy that for my friends, for my family, um, because I just think that that's really amazing. That's great. And you know what? She's right. It makes a really great gift for anyone who doesn't (laughs) drink the coffee. That's good, too. (laughs) So I'm curious to hear, Anjali, what is your why for your life? So what makes you motivated to do the amazing work you're doing and what keeps you really grounded and yeah, keeps you going? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I would say that my why is definitely rooted in my family history. Um, When my grandfather was growing up, his community in India didn't have access to a school for children to attend. Um, And so this meant that he was attending school in a neighboring community. Um, And of course, this was not an option that was available to everyone. Um, And so this to me represented a really big inequity. Um, And I remember as a child, my grandfather would always tell me like, you have to go get an education. That's the most important thing that you can do for yourself. 
And at the time I, I didn't quite understand this, but um, as I got older, I realized it was really because he had credited his opportunity to get an education for enabling him to provide a better life for my mother and her siblings. And even at that time, you know, this was 70 years later than um, when my grandfather was first growing up, um, his community now had like a school building, um, but it did not have the resources that matched up to the national curriculum in India. Um, there were so many things that were still missing. and. And to me, this, this again, this inequity um, was really striking to see that it was persisting generations upon generations. And so I think this experience and this family history to me really has led to a mission, um, a personal mission of ensuring that I work towards ensuring the fact that the circumstances in which anyone is born does not dictate our lives. I think that we all deserve to be able to make decisions about our own lives and to have the resources and opportunities that give us this capability. And to me, again, a lot of this comes back to education um, and to my family history. I love that. I mean, it's your story. So it's beautiful to be able to share that and then incorporate it into all the amazing work you're doing. So tell us a little bit about your life as a student slash CEO slash founder. <laughs> so I'm going Duke University, so she's got a few things going on. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I am a student. Um, I'm pursuing a self-design major titled The Interplay Between Health and Educational Outcomes. Um, and the beauty of that is I really feel like all of these different aspects of my life kind of come together um, on this central theme. You know, I'm really interested in the mechanisms that drive the health education relationship and what the factors are that inhibit social equity for so many in our communities. And so, yeah, it's definitely been um, a really interesting journey to be sort of balancing schoolwork with also, you know, meeting with my own team, meeting with partners um, across the world, meeting with funders, um, sort of, it's a lot of kind of mixing between um, my life as a student and then pivoting right over to my life um, with this organization. So yeah, my life, it's definitely been um, a really incredible journey though. Yes, I bet you're really pro at prioritizing <laughs> now, I bet. <laughs> yeah, definitely learned how to prioritize. You have to when you have that many awesome things going on. <laughs> So I know that School for a Village is, as I said earlier, is really focusing on bridging that gap uh, in the science and technology education world. So can you tell us a bit more about why that's the focus and why you feel that's so important? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so School for a Village, just to give you a little bit more background, um, when I first started the organization, it actually goes all the way back to my grandfather's story again. So I'd mentioned before that there was a school in his community, but they still didn't seem to quite have the resources that were necessary. Um, and so to me at 16 years old, that meant, all right, well, what can I do to you know, address this specific tiny challenge? And so at the time that was sort of, you know, they needed science laboratories. And so we, I worked really hard to just do that, just provide science laboratories which enabled the students to complete the entirety of the national curriculum in India for the very first time. And so to me, you know, this was when I started off, I was just like, oh, you know, this is just like a project like this. This is fun. Um, but now it's sort of shifted, um, as as you mentioned, to being a little bit broader. So our team is now based across the United States and Kenya. And our focus is now sort of similar. It's really to 
bridge the gap in science and technology education. And so we essentially partner individually with various schools. We try to understand what is their context? What, what are their students interested in? What resources do they have? Do students come from around the community or are they coming from farther out? And what we realized is as we were conducting these needs assessments and trying to understand the space, oftentimes what is left behind is the quality of secondary school education. And that's where STEM becomes especially important, right? That's where some of those additional resources are needed. That's where that foundational language, um, language, I'm sorry, knowledge is necessary for future success. And so that's kind of how we've pivoted to really focusing on conducting these needs assessments and then identifying really tangible challenges that schools are facing in collaboration with those schools and those students. And once we've identified this problem or um, this challenge, we then develop a solution. And so sometimes the solution can be some sort of like extracurricular curriculum that we can bring into the school. Sometimes it's resources, but a lot of times, you know, there's so many incredible innovations that are existing in our world. And it's really just about getting them to the right place. And so we can act as that stepping stone. And I guess to give you a tangible example of how we've done this in the past is there's a school called Jiraja Academy and they're an all girls boarding school for students from all over Kenya. And now because we have students com coming from all over Kenya, for a teacher to teach at any one level, it's that's not gonna be effective because the students have different backgrounds. And so we partnered with a company called Chizito, which is actually based out of the United States. And they have this really incredible personalized learning platform. And so we brought that into Draja Academy. So now students could actually get resources that were perfectly equipped to their personal background. And this has had a multitude of impacts. One, it's promoting digital inclusion for students who otherwise might not have had access to technology. It's also solving the, the issue that um, we had identified. And the response has been really, really cool. So to me, this, this whole focus of like STEM is really about thinking about what are the pain points, what are the places that we need intervention, and then working on very context-specific um, solutions to some of these challenges. I love that. So I know with School for a Village, you don't focus specifically on girls and women, but I know that is definitely some of the schools you support are, like you said, girls only. So I'd love to hear from you. What, uh, why do you think it's important to be involved in supporting girls and women specifically? Sure. So um, I think a lot of this comes back to the disparities that we're seeing, right? So we know that girls spend up to 85% more time per day on unpaid domestic chores than boys of the same age. We also know, according to the World Bank, that only six countries in the world give women equal legal work rights as men. And so to me, these disparities mean that we are not fully drawing from 50% of the world's population. That's 50%. Just think about how much progress we're losing out on. And it's so well known, right, that when girls are educated, their families are prospering, their communities are prospering, their nations are prospering. And when we give girls the opportunity to come together, really, really powerful things can happen. And again, going back to the context of education, since that's sort of the space I know best, we've seen this sort of multiplier effect. So when girls are educated, they're protected from HIV AIDS, they're protected from things like exploitative labor and trafficking. And 
we also see that like entire nations are experiencing um, economic development because girls are educated. So children are healthier. I mean, it, it's a myriad of things that that come out of girls being educated and girls being empowered, um, even in the context of Daraja Academy. So in Kenya, we know that only 50% of secondary school aged girls are in school. So with that being the case, so many of the girls that Daraja Academy works with, those girls would not have been able to attend school if it weren't for Draja Academy. And so now you see girls being supported, being given the resources, truly turning their lives just because they've been supported and because they've been given these incredible opportunities. So to me, supporting girls and women is just absolutely critical to our development as a society and and our ability to provide equal opportunities and promote equity um, in our world. Yes, I love that. Absolutely. And I really like how you kind of highlighted the fact that as a whole, we should be very invested in this because if we leave 50% of the population off the table, that's a huge miss. <laughs> like, <big laughs> yeah, miss. absolutely. We got to get all the, all the women and girls. So what do you think are some ways that we can better support women and girls right now? Sure. So I think it kind of is a twofold um twofold sort of thing i think one is that we need to build avenues that support women and this is not like some one time thing right we build a platform that supports women it's it's not that it's recognizing that there are many issues that women and girls are facing and that they are voicing so we need to pay attention to what what women and girls are saying and and take action, right? So right now we're going through this crazy time of COVID. We know that domestic violence rates have shot up. So in this present context, what are we doing as a society to support girls and women, knowing that that's the case, knowing that girls and women have voiced that concern? And this is a constant process that we need to be evaluating on a day-to-day, thinking about what are the issues that women are facing and what are avenues that we can build to support them. And I think the second piece of that is giving women a platform to use their voices. So, you know, you can't be what you don't see. Um, Everyone sort of heard that. And we need to see ourselves represented. We need to see ourselves represented as that tech CEO. We need to see ourselves represented on stages and not just women, but diverse women. We need to see women of color in movies. We need to see women of color in positions of power because this enables them to inspire others and as we are growing up and as we um you know begin to think about our future as young people um we need to be seeing women having that platform and being able to use their voices for good absolutely we do and you are so so right about the fact that we need those women in positions where you haven't in the past seen them. I liked your example of a tech CEO. We still don't see a lot of women in the C-suite positions. And why is that? Probably a variety of reasons, but it's gonna help everyone, like you said, all 100% of the population, uh, if we can see more women in those roles, because it gives us the opportunity to see, oh, this is possible for me. Like I can go do this. I can be a tech CEO, I'm on it. Yeah, absolutely. So Anjali, what is your hope for the future generation of women? So you yourself are a young woman, but there's a whole bunch of girls growing up all over the world right now. And what is it that you would love to see for them, you know, by the time they get to university? I think I would 
I think it's pretty simple for me. I think I really hope that we can create an environment as a collective, as a society in which women don't have to apologize for taking up space in a room and that we live in a world in which women feel comfortable speaking up and sharing and are not worried about what are the repercussions of me doing this or what are what are the issues that could come out of this i really hope that we can live in a world in which society doesn't hold back women and that and that we live in a world where society genuinely values the brilliance and the awesomeness that women bring to any space such that women genuinely feel comfortable taking up space in a room and to do so unapologetically i love that what do you think has allowed you to have that confidence to like you said take up that space you don't often see university aged women running companies. So I'd love to hear what do you think has affected you to be able to present and have that confidence like that? Um, I definitely will say it's been a process. And I think it's something that we all struggle with, you know, like some imposter syndrome. And those things are definitely still um, issues that I deal with regularly, right? But I think I really credit the support system that I've had. I've had some incredible female mentors that have really pushed me and have really encouraged me to see value in the work that I do and to um, just help me recognize that it doesn't matter that I'm the only girl in my engineering class, which, which was the case in high school. <laughs> and that, that support network has really just helped me understand um, what it means to speak out and, and what this looks like. And then I think the other piece of it is my team. Like I never feel that I'm doing this work at School for a Village alone. I am so beyond grateful for um, the team that I have that's all students and that's 50% female. And so to me, it's it's really been about building that support system and that having those people that kind of always build you back up and encourage you and, and push you to be your very best. Oh, yes, we all need those support systems. That's for sure. And Anjali, creating that company with 50% female has that been intentional on your part so i wish i could say that it has but it actually hasn't i've been really lucky to just connect with a lot of women who have expressed interest in becoming a part of our organization and it's been really great like working with them and and working with this team and and just recognizing like wow like we've built something together like this is cool speaking of which um if anyone ever like if anyone's watching and is interested in getting involved. We're always looking for folks to get involved as either ambassadors or um, chapter leaders. Um, and so if anyone's interested in that, you can just visit our website, um, which is school, the number four village.org. And you can check that out. We would love to have you. But yeah, for me, I, I would not, I definitely not say that it's been some very intentional thought. Um, I mean, having a diverse team has definitely been intentional, but I think making a space where people feel comfortable becoming part of it is what's most important. And then from there, kind of the work already happens. You have people who express interest because again, women are wonderful and interesting and brilliant. Um, and it's really about just giving space and opportunity. Yes, absolutely. Allowing those opportunities to become available for sure. Well, I love that it's 50% women. That's really cool. <laughs> the last question here before we let you go, what is a resource? So could be, and you can name more than one. People had a hard time with one, so don't worry. <laughs> um, what's a resource that's really changed your life? So really inspired you or maybe helped you go down this path of entrepreneurship 
slash studentship. Yeah, share with us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So this is a little bit of a story. A couple of years ago, I was invited to a summit held by the We Are Family Foundation. And this was back when I was 18 years old. And the curriculum for the summit was based on this book called Just Peace, A Message of Hope. Um, And it's written by Maddie J.T. Stepanek. Maddie was almost 14 years old when he passed away from um, early onset muscular dystrophy. And in his short time um, on this planet, he just had so much wisdom. Um, So this book is really kind of a mix of some poetry by him. Um, It also has some letters and some correspondence between himself and actually Jimmy Carter. And he talks a lot about this idea about how we are all one little piece in this mosaic that is the fabric of humanity. And to me, that's just such a beautiful concept because it represents this idea that what I do affects you and what you do affects me and we are linked and we are together and it doesn't matter whether I know you super well but we are still all making up this similar fabric of humanity so the way that we choose to live our lives is so important are we going to choose to live our lives in a way that represents hope and love and is harmonious or are we gonna choose to live our lives in a way that's not peaceful? And so to me, that concept has been really important. And then as well as his concept of remembering to play after every storm, you know, life can throw us some pretty crazy curveballs. Um, and just remembering to play after every storm and remembering to cherish the good in life is so important. So those two ideas um, among like many others have very much influenced my own worldview and how I want to live my life and the types of people I wanna surround myself with. So yeah, I would definitely say that Just Peace, A Message of Hope, that book has definitely changed my life. Yeah, that's a beautiful visual that you gave. I love that. I'm definitely like a visual learner. So I'm picturing (laughs) the mosaic and I just love that, like you said, it just, it's a reminder that we are all connected, whether you know the person or not, we are all part of this, you know, humanity, like you said, together. And it's something that we all, I think, should really keep in mind as we go through this wild world together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Anjali. This has been amazing. And I really just want to acknowledge you for the incredible work that you're doing in helping these people get access to better education. It's really, really amazing what you're doing. Thank you. This was really fun. Awesome. So that concludes our Girls Run the World Week conversation. So you're our last guest. And before we go, I want to make sure that everyone joins the Facebook group. So it's the Girls Run the World Facebook group. And if you join it by tonight, you have a chance to win a year's subscription of coffee. We're doing a random draw tomorrow. So make sure, make sure you go and join. And thank you so much, Anjali. And thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. We're so grateful to all of you. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Girls Who Run the World podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend who would love it. Leave us a five-star review and hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. To learn more about Our Gorongosa, head over to OurGorongosa.com and find us on social at OurGorongosa.